OWASP Top 10 Proactive Controls gets its inspiration from the OWASP Top 10, Dave Wickers and Jeff Williams and the team that built that. And you know, that list is a list primarily of risks. So we have a similar list that's more directly aimed for the developer of proactive controls. Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk. Hi, this is Mark Miller with the OWASP 24-7 podcast series. I'm here with the team for the Top 10 Proactive Controls Project. Jim Manico is on the line. Jim and I know each other from a while back. He used to run the podcast series. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing today? Well, not as good as you. I'm in New York. You're in Kauai. There seems to be quite a bit of difference there. I bid you in Aloha, Mark, from Kauai. <laughs> And we also have Katie Anton on from Bristol, UK. How are you doing, Katie? Uh, I'm not doing as well as you because the weather was not nice today at all. So compared with Jim's uh, climate, no, not as good as Jim. <laughs> and uh, I think we're missing somebody too, right? Jim Bird wasn't able to make it today. So when appropriate, let's bring Jim into the discussion too. Jim, I'd like to start off first for people that aren't aware of what the top 10 proactive controls are. Give us the overview of what you're working on. Well, Mark, the, the OWASP top 10 proactive controls gets its inspiration from the OWASP top 10, Dave Wickers and Jeff Williams and the team that built that. And you know, that list is a list primarily of risks. So we have a similar list that's more directly aimed for the developer of proactive controls. This is a little less based on statistics uh, of, of vulnerability data, and it's more just tried and true engineering techniques or processes that we think every developer really needs to care about when they're building, especially web and web service software. This is an awareness document for you know someone new at this topic to help them get started in thinking about application security, secure coding type of processes. Katie, how old is the project? When did it start? Uh, well, the, the project started around 2014. I haven't been involved from the beginning, so I got involved in the project in the last year mainly. And that's when I actually learned about the practice control. I didn't know about them until then. I come from a development background, and I was incorporating within the development uh, control uh, techniques for the OWASP top 10 risks. And then later I have found out about the OWASP proactive control, which I found them very easy to use and explain to developers. Katie, it's interesting that, you know, you weren't there at the beginning of the project. And one of the dilemmas for a lot of projects on OWASP is getting people to volunteer for any length of time. What was of interest to you here to jump into this project? Actually, so, so I was asked to actually look for techniques 
implement, uh, security techniques to implement in deployment. And looking around, I started with the OSTOP and risks. They are not quite suitable for developers. It's not easy to understand things like SQL injection. And then I learned about what practice controls, which presents a list of security techniques. And they basically help developers to understand what are the techniques that they need to implement in order to prevent top 10 risk vulnerabilities that are the final ones through the software in production. So this is what attracted me. Probably one uh, of the things was that it was easy to understand, easy to explain to developers, and also I found it easy to actually incorporate it into development. Jim, one of the things that keeps coming up in general with the top 10 list is who chooses them and how are they chosen? How did you guys nail this down to the top 10? This is something that I think is very important to the spirit of OWASP and how we're supposed to work together. And I, I really believe our team modeled doing it as openly as we could. So we did it in a few phases, first of all. Back in like August of 2013, I, I just dumped up the... Uh, dumped out the initial 10 that actually Andrew Vanderstock and I had been talking about to begin the project. And I just kept working on it, little by little, adding some more to it, and fleshing it out. Danny Harris did a few edits. Jim Bird jumped in and provided a bunch of feedback. Early 2015, Katie jumped in and provided some edits. And it hit, like, critical mass. Once enough people began participating in it, to be, it on the wiki was our main editing tool we have a bunch of people now at least providing commentary or on the list or being one of the core contributors. It basically took everyone's feedback and incorporated. We basically took everyone's feedback and incorporated it in some reasonable way. Now, that was the first version. That was pretty much those of us who were just on the wiki working on it. As we shifted to version 2.0, we wanted to up the ante in terms of getting feedback from the community and making it, you know, a consensus among you know intelligent people looking at this topic. So we took the document for 2.0 that Katie, myself, and Jim Bird worked on on the wiki for our initial top 10 list. And just to make it easy for people to write commentary, we put it up in a Google Doc and made it world editable. That means anyone, even anonymously, could jump into the document and provide feedback and edits and comments or direct edits into the document. And Katie, myself, and Jim, we all had edit capacity, so we could accept or reject comments. And we ended up getting comments from, like, 100 different people. We only rejected just a few. A few were just friends of mine who were trolling me by embedding weird, inappropriate images in the document. Yes, thank you. Ha-ha-ha, that worked. Reject. Uh, and most everyone else's comments were fully accepted, cleaned up, and integrated into the document in some way. So... So that's my final answer, Mark. How do we how do we allow this list to get created? Well, we made the list world editable for anyone on the planet to anonymously suggest changes and edits, and we did. We ended up adding a new category. We ended up shifting the order of several categories, and we ended up providing a lot more uh, commentary, uh, you know, about different forms of defense. Like, you know, when you talk about regular regular expressions and input validation, a lot of people had negative commentary on just focusing on that, so we end up adding more detail on other defensive layers in that category. It sounds as if we're headed towards a developer audience here. You're a developer. 
what do you find the use? How are you going to use this in your day-to-day development? Some of the controls are easy to implement, like, uh, for example, validation parameterized queries are almost there by default by using the appropriate libraries. So some of them are quite easy to implement. And the other is to actually like uh, a verify for security early and often is just to finding a mechanism to incorporate and to improve the automation of this to actually accommodate it for the nowadays development, development which most of the time is agile and quite fast-paced. So, Katie, I guess the, it begs the question, are you using these Personally, or was just this is an exercise as a project? I use them personally. I have uh, incorporated them into my previous job uh, uh, within the terror security guidelines. And I also talk about them at various developer user groups. Uh, and the feedback that I got from the developer user group is that it was quite positive. They uh, loved it. And also, it was encouraging to them and reassuring to know that they were doing, some of them were already doing the right things. Yeah, I think that's very critical to a project like this, that people start to self-identify with the project. Now, Jim, I mean, it sounds like you've got a case study in Katie working with you. Well, Katie's been a great contributor, and... They're very easy to work with and has provided lots and lots of good feedback to make this document more useful to her community developers. So we're very lucky that that she jumped in. She's one of the project leaders that drives and speaks about the project. So fantastic. The reason we're doing this interview, too, is that you guys announced that I think 2.0 is out now. Jim, what's the future of the project? Where are you headed with this? I really want people to use this project to just bring awareness to the millions of developers who are still new at secure development. It's sometimes very intimidating when anyone wants to get involved in application security. It's such a giant base of knowledge, and especially for a developer who really cares about secure software, there, there's so much knowledge, it's sometimes hard to get started and dive in. So this is a, a list that I think is great for a new person in this topic to get started with. It's digestible. It's high level. It's not meant to boil the ocean, so to speak. It's, it's meant to gently take someone and drag them into the world of caring about your software. Like, for example, Mark, take number five. Number five is implement identity and authentication controls. That's a great high-level topic that you have to have your eye on. It's a great high-level topic for someone who's, you know, just thinking about secure coding. And, you know, if you've built a login form, you've dealt with this problem to some degree. It's accessible. Now, underneath that one category, that one top ten item, Mark, we could put hundreds and hundreds of different things that we have to consider when doing identity. But at least in this awareness list, we're pointing it out, we're discussing it, hopefully intelligently, taking someone who's new at this topic and gently bring them into the world of secure, secure software creation. The logical extension for me, Jim, is when you think of the top ten, the big one, a lot of people are using that as almost a checklist and are saying, you must do this within our company in order to have the project move forward. 
Do you see this as man you. mandated uh, proactive controls? Do you see it headed that way? You know, I I, I don't want to say that these ten controls are mandatory. I think more importantly, anyone new to secure software should read this and understand this document. For controls and a checklist, I would bring, I would move to a different project. I would move to ASVS. That's more of a that's the application right. security verification standard. Version 3.0 was released recently. That would be my checklist. This would be my awareness document. A new developer left behind the ears. We just hired him as an entry-level developer. Read this before you get started. And once you've read that, now I want you to read ASVS or EOS Top 10 or even better, our secure coding standard. And, and make no mistake, Mark, the things that we mention in the OWASP proactive controls top 10 list for 2016, all 10 of these should be dealt with. But I think also all 10 of these, for the most part, can be broken down into a series of requirements for most of these categories. Because again, most of these top 10 items we're looking at, even though a few of them are specific items, several of them like implement identity and access controls, number five, implement appropriate access controls, number six, protection of data, number seven, implementing of locking and choose detection number eight, all of those can branch into probably several hundred requirements or you know, lots of other detail. But hopefully this document and this project is helping shine the light in the right direction for, uh, for someone new at Secure Coding. So where is the project as far as cheat sheets are concerned? You know, the, the, the cheat sheets are... More of a the cheat sheets are more of like a one pager, hopefully on all of these different topics. So we could easily map all of these proactive top ten controls to different cheat sheets. Let's go back to number five again, Mark. Implement identity and authentication control. We could easily map that to the authentication cheat sheet, the password storage cheat sheet, the session management cheat sheet and the forgot password cheat sheet, Mark, is a party. And so I think what you just did in this moment, Mark, you, you can, I'm going to the wiki right now. I'm going to edit my roadmap of this project, not my R roadmap for this project, and I'm going to add to it, let's do a OWASP proactive control to OWASP cheat sheet mapping for this entire project. That would be exciting to see. That would be really fun to see. The other thing I was thinking about is what other projects are you aligned with? As an example, I did an interview with Bruce Mayhew and the WebGoat project earlier this week. Is there a way that you could align with other projects and actually integrate together? You know, I, I think to some degree, I'm not sure about integration. I think this is a good reference to include into other projects. But as you go down the, the proactive control, at the end of each section, We'll point to some tools, like in the validation section, number four, for the OWASP partial controls. We point to the OWASP JSON sanitizer and the OWASP HTML sanitizer project. Those are two input validation projects in Java within the OWASP Foundation. And Mark, also for like number five, where we have implement identity and authentication controls. At the bottom in references, we already point to like eight other OWASP resources in the family of authentication secure coding. So some of that is done already, embedded in the document. It, again, for each of these 10 categories, these 10 top 10 high-level ideas about secure coding, we're going to point to 
primarily other OWASP resources that, that help provide that like spider web and merger of different projects. But take a look at it. I think some of that's been done already, but we can always do more. I would love to have a separate page that's just a mapping of the proactive controls and the cheat sheets, and any other ideas like that are always worth their weight in gold. Uh, that sounds like an exciting extension to the project. If you could have your choice, what would you work on this year to extend this project? What are you looking forward to working on? I have already talked to Colin Wilson from Snake Letters, and we plan to actually update that project to include the price controls version 2. So that is a game I found is very useful to actually present it in a fan to and introduce security in a fan manner through entry-level developers. One of the signal markets that I actually found is that they really liked it were professors at various universities. So I've done a couple of talks in which I handed a little free handovers of the snakes and letters. And I, had, uh, I was lucky to have within the audience people that were teaching at universities, and they took the free handovers for their students. This is a good way to actually introduce a project to the future developers as well, and that's what I would like to continue as well. Jim, I know you're very high on the educational aspect of OWASP and the training. Do you foresee putting together a training program around this? No, I, I think these all these projects together, the cheat sheet series, the proactive controls, even the original top 10, ASVS, in my mind, if you take those four projects, you, you can easily extract training material out of all that. And I think one of the main things I want to do is I'm going to update the PowerPoint presentation that's attached to this project that trainers can use to include this in any training program or talk to conferences. So, you know, I, I definitely think it's, it's there, and uh, you'll see that. I think that PowerPoint release to help other trainers you know, integrate this into the work that they're doing. We had one for the first version, and uh, it, that's another part of the roadmap. Mark, look, you're just you're tasking us with ways that we can augment the project, and I'm taking notes as I'm doing the podcast. I didn't know this would be a this would be a push to get stuff done, Mark. But I'm like, you're providing multiple services. You're also you're providing a podcast, provide information to people on application security, but you're also pointing out places that we can do better things and making me add stuff to my task list. I never expected that, Mark. It's a, it's a very special podcast moment we're having here. That's what I'm known for, is giving other people tasks to do, yes. The thing that you said earlier about the number of people that are participating in the project, you had over 100 contributions. It doesn't seem like I need to ask you what else would you like the community to do. You've got plenty of participation. So what do you need help on with this project? Well, we always love feedback to make things better. And frankly, the project is on the wiki. Anyone who wants to go in and make this better, or maybe we reference something about authentication or other topics that we didn't reference your project that really fits that particular subject. So if anyone has a project that they want to slot into here in some way, so we reference your project at OWASP as well, we're happy to do that. You know, this whole document references dozens of OWASP projects. We can always make that better. Or if you want to add code samples or additional detail to any of these categories, you know, we're always 
we're always grateful to get additional assistance. And, you know, weeks after we went through our review process, people are still asking for permission to edit the, the Google document. Well, we've moved it on the wiki, or you can reach me, jim at owas.org. We're always happy. It's a living document, so if you can make it better, then you know, we, we would love that contribution. I'm talking to Jim Manico and Katie Antone from the Top 10 Proactive Controls. Katie, thanks so much. Good to finally get to talk to you. Thank you very much as well. And Jim, I guess I'll be seeing you in Rome for AppSec EU coming up, right? I, I hope you have a, a, a great time in Rome this year. I hear it's going to be a fantastic conference, and who wouldn't want to go to Rome? It's the greatest, one of the greatest places on earth. I'm I'm, uh, for, I'm I'm Italian myself, so I feel genetically obligated to remind people how, how awesome Rome is. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller, and music provided by the George Cole Quintet. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk.